You want a predictable outcome. No, nobody enjoys when they, they have an experience that sends them off the rails, spins them out with anxiety, keeps them from sleeping when they're trying to sleep, etc. And having consistency in products, that's all kind of a part of the, the scientific evolution in the space and, and the effort to understand what's having impacts on, on outcome and experience. And these things are starting to become more clear. And these are the, the kinds of things that the illicit market's never going to bring to the consumer. From the PodConnect studios, high in the Rockies at the beautiful Beaver Creek Resort, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today in MJ Bulls, we are joined by Wes Burke, the president and co-founder of Admiral Scientific. Wes, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Dan. Well, it's great to have you on. Uh, we both started in the industry around the same time period. And I, I remember back in the day when I first started telling people that I was getting into the cannabis industry, it was strange to me that I always had to explain to people that there were going to be a lot of voids and there was going to be really good opportunities for companies that figured out in all sectors how to fill those voids. And your company is a perfect example of that. As the industry's first dedicated cannabis science supplier, what void did you see that needed to be filled? Yeah, that's uh, that's true. We found an unmet need in the scientific distribution side of things. Cannabis testing labs, in particular, were really struggling with access to high-quality scientific products and instrumentation. So reference material, reagents, things like that, the, the things that it takes to run a lab, and, and frankly, even before up and running, the things that it takes to build a lab, like the instrumentation. And the, the large players in scientific distribution at that time, they were afraid to touch the cannabis space, so they, they simply would not sell into that marketplace. It's crazy what an opportunity. It was just sitting there for somebody to, to jump right in. And you've gone well beyond just supplying equipment. You know, over the last decade, you've expanded beyond that. Give our listeners an idea what other what other areas of that sector you're in right now. Yeah, well, it was interesting when we jumped into the space. A distributor has kind of a chicken and the egg dilemma. You 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 have to have products to sell, which means you have to have relationships with manufacturers and vendors. But they don't want to get involved with anybody until there's a customer base. And, and so you see the dilemma there. In order to kind of overcome that, build a reputation and start to get our, our feet into the industry, we did two things from the very beginning. The first was we developed a scientific conference, the Emerald Conference. And we held the first one in 2014. And, and through that conference, we, we, it became apparent that there was really a, a void as well in a platform for high-level scientists to come together and to collaborate and share the work that was being done in, in this new scientific segment. The second thing that we did was we started a proficiency test, and that is kind of a, a third-party quality assurance and regulatory accreditation element that's necessary in, in the lab industries and is common in, in other non-cannabis industries for quality assurance labs. So we started a, a proficiency test that has since become global inter-laboratory comparison proficiency test, and it's certainly the, the biggest and most robust offering in the cannabis space. It's sort of the gold standard from what I understand. It's, is, it, is that that's referred to as the Emerald Test? 
that is referred to as the Emerald Test. And yeah, I mean, I I love to hear that that you think it's the gold <laughs> standard. We certainly do. We we kind of think of it as the, the good housekeeping seal of approval for for cannabis testing labs. But above and beyond that, it it really does serve regulatory a regulatory purpose because I think just about every state with a regulatory framework is requiring proficiency testing for labs and also for ISO accreditation. So this is a, a, a another accreditation level that most labs seek. And in fact, some regulatory frameworks are requiring ISO accreditation as as well. And proficiency testing is is a part of of that accreditation process. Yeah, I think it's sometimes hard for people that are not in the industry to really get their head around exactly how big the sector that you're supplying is. I mean, of course, we know about testing labs, third-party testing labs are so important, and they're going to play such a big role as the industry progresses. But it's not just that. You supply the equipment for different sectors within the industry, not just the testing labs, correct? It's true. And the cannabis industry has really evolved in the, in the early days. Dan, when you and I got in the business, a lot of the um, extraction and even the manufacturing, that was occurring in, in folks' garages and, and makeshift labs and such. And, and we've really seen a radical evolution to a higher level of, of professionalism and scientific proficiency. And so, yeah, any, we, we work with any lab and an extraction facility now is, is generally a, a fairly sophisticated lab environment. And that's, that's kind of where we shine in our bread and butter. So we hold consultative expertise, both in quality assurance and in extraction, manufacturing, any, anything lab or science-based, I think we've, we've got both tools and resources for. We, the industry has certainly come a long way since, you know, the kitchen <laughs> experiments that were going on and in the garages. And, and that's, I think that's one of the things that makes me most optimistic about the future of the industry is because of the testing and because of the quality level that's more and more being reinforced, I think it's the best weapon against the illicit market. I think when people have to make a decision whether to buy something at a park from somebody that they don't know or a facility that's got a, your label on the package, or I think eventually there's going to be no question I'm going to be much more comfortable. Are you feeling that throughout the industry that testing is going to be the, the a major weapon against the illicit market? Oh, without a doubt. And and I think that we're still early on kind of in the in the consumer education phase, but I, I definitely am optimistic that that we'll get there. And most most regulated markets are requiring about five different types of, of testing. It's not just about testing for potency, the safety elements, pesticides, heavy metals, residual solvents. I mean, these are all things that it makes a lot of sense to look at as a consumer because you you want to you want to be sure that whatever you're consuming is safe. But I think in terms of fighting the illicit market, it really goes beyond that. And this is where some consumer education is, is going to really be helpful and, and take some time to evolve. What we think that the regulated market and, and testing in specifically has the capacity to bring to the consumer is, uh, in addition to safety, is the dependability of outcome or the repeatability of an experience. So once the consumer starts to understand what they're really after when they're consuming cannabis, whether it be for medicinal purposes or recreational purposes, 
you want a predictable outcome. No, nobody enjoys when they, they have an experience that sends them off the rails, spins them out with anxiety, keeps them from sleeping when they're trying to sleep, etc. And having consistency in products, that's all kind of a part of the, the scientific evolution in the space and, and the effort to understand what's having impacts on, on outcome and experience. And these things are starting to become more clear. And these are the, the kinds of things that the illicit market's never going to bring to the consumer. You know, I really didn't think about it until you just brought it up, but you have a Coors Light in Colorado. You have a Coors Light in New York City. It's the same effect, but you could have the name of the same strain could be in two different markets and it could be completely different just because it was grown in different markets. Yeah, that's a great example. And it's and it it holds true across many non-cannabis industries like like food, food safety, off the shelf, aspirin, Tylenol, these things and and beverages as you as you've described. That's a it's a great example. And yeah, that kind of consistency I think ultimately is is what's gonna make for better outcomes for, for the end user. The other thing that we'd really love to see is the the consumer evolve away from from really making all their decisions based on the content of the one analyte. Everybody is so THC focused and, and that is not serving the consumer well because there's certainly a lot more to outcome and experience than quantity or percentage of, of THC. It's also kind of wreaking havoc on the industry in a lot of other ways as cannabis becomes commoditized, the value really needs to to be more holistic than just the content of one cannabinoid. And, and because that's not really the case right now, because the value is so closely tied to the, the content of THC, it, it begs all kinds of nefarious activity to come into play, like lab shopping and, and these things that I'm sure you've you've heard about that are that are making it, it the, one of the things that's making it tough for the regulated market to compete with the illicit market. Like I said, I think it's the best weapon against the illicit market. Before I let you go, um, our listeners are a lot of investors, so they're always looking for investing opportunities. Your, your company is positioned perfectly for major growth. Will there be opportunities in the future for investors to participate in your growth? Yeah, well, we've certainly been in the industry long enough to never turn down a conversation, that's for sure. We're not actively on a fundraise right now, but certainly I welcome conversations with investors who have creative models that we might be interested in. And and also, we have a pretty broad customer base, and there's always lots of folks out there that are looking for partnerships or, or investment opportunities. So yeah, we welcome any conversations. Yeah, I love that. The collaborations with some customers, or there's all kinds of opportunities if it- People are receptive to have the, the chat. You never know where it's going to go, but it's if, if you don't have the conversation, it won't go anywhere. Well, we're going to have links to Emerald Scientific's information in the show notes. So if you're out there and a, a, uh, another supplier for your equipment, you're starting a business and you want to talk to somebody about supplying all of your scientific equipment, I'm sure somebody from Wes's team would be happy to speak with you. Or if you're thinking about possibly a, looking at an investment opportunity, uh, it's a good it's a good group, and uh, I'm sure they'd be happy to talk to you more. Wes, first of many conversations we're going to have. I have a feeling we're going to have I'm going to have you on the show a lot in the future. But thanks for being our being on the show for the first time. I appreciate it, Dan. Thanks for having me. And thanks so much for what you're doing for the industry. I think you're having a a very positive impact and we're grateful for all that. Thanks for listening to today's show. 
To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.